This podcast touches upon some complex topics. The creators have endeavored to deal with the issues honestly and with the sensitivity they deserve. They have also reached out to all key players for their comments and present a balanced and factual account. We ask that listeners consider each episode in its full context. Have you ever had a day that changed your life? A day that you remember in full color and surround sound, down to the second. A day that you keep in your pocket to take out in your lowest moments. A day that began with you as you were and ended with you as you are now. What was that day? Where were you? For a number of women in Singapore, the day that changed their lives was a Saturday in May 2009. They woke up that morning with their hearts in their throats. They were heading into battle over something precious, an organization that they had built over 24 years. Winning would mean saving it, and losing would mean the end of not just the organization, but something more, something intangible, like justice or fairness or hope. Drama 2 apparently at the AWARE office as well, our reporter pulled. Who would want to take over AWARE? I mean, why? <laughs> then it started to narrow down towards this one religious group. We're here to further the cause of women. We are pro-family, pro-women, pro-Singapore. They will want to see as many souls saved as possible. I just thought that she was a spy and that she was planted in there to become the president. Supporters of the new exco have accused the old guard of straying from women's issues and promoting homosexuality. Are we going to have an entire generation of lesbians? It was as if she had seen the devil and I was the devil. I said, I will go to the police. And he actually retorted me, yeah, sure, go to the police. If someone comes into your home and invades it, of course you have to fight back. Welcome to Saga, a podcast about the events that came to be known as the Aware Saga. I'm Bharati Jagdish. Over the next 12 episodes, I'm going to tell you one of the strangest, most remarkable stories in Singapore history. How a band of religious conservatives hijacked the nation's leading feminist organization, and how the women of Aware galvanized thousands to get it back. It was a Saturday afternoon, 28th March 2009. Tan Ju made her way to Block 5 Dover Crescent on the western side of Singapore. It was almost 3 p.m. as she passed the rundown basketball court, then the modest hawker centre with uncles chatting over plates of chicken rice. Tucked at the other end of this sleepy government housing block was the Office of the Association of Women for Action and Research, or AWARE for short. Ju Him was on her way to the organization's annual general meeting, or AGM. I told everybody that I would be late. But Ju Him was not worried about missing much. By 2009, AWARE's annual general meetings were, well, predictable. Some might say boring. When the AGM was due to start, we would usually have around 28, 29. And then we'll wait for the magical 30th person to walk in and we'll have quorum and we'll start the AGM. 
Once that quorum was reached, a report would be presented to the membership about AWARE's advocacy work in women's rights. Then there would be a perfunctory election for the organization's next executive committee. Voting was usually also fairly sort of friendly. I think we've had the presidency contested maybe once or twice in the past. Business as usual. The meeting would be over in a couple of hours. Then Juhim would go home to her young children. I was also kind of like relaxed, like, you know, ROD mode already, like, yeah, just election and then formality. However, as she walked down the corridor towards the centre, something felt a little off. The moment I walked into the West Centre, I had a huge shock. There were so many people in the centre, many more than the 30 needed for a quorum. Well, that in itself was quite a sight, you know, um, so easily like 100 people. A huge mass of people, all women except for one man. They had spilled out of the meeting room on one end and into the small lobby. The place was so packed that Juhim could barely step inside. And the second surprising thing was that the moment I stepped in, I looked around, I did not recognize the majority of the people there, which is also very unusual. Juhim was a past president. She knew most AWARE members, or so she thought. While Juhim was processing this, someone she did know, a long-time AWARE member, caught her eye. This other woman was leaving the meeting early. She said she needed to tell Juhim something, out of earshot of the crowd. She kind of grabbed me and pushed me out of the AWARE Centre. And she just sort of looked at me and she said, something is very wrong. Um, there's all these people who are putting themselves up, you know, nominating themselves up for various positions. Juhim pushed her way further into the centre. The women she did recognise, friends and aware colleagues, were at the head of the room. They seemed agitated. Everyone was talking at once. In the middle of everything, valiantly presiding over the chaos, stood Constance Singham, the formidable president of AWARE. AWARE is very highly respected. AWARE is very, very strong organisation. AWARE should not fudge its message. Juhim, Constance and the other AWARE stalwarts. In that moment, none of them had any inkling of what was happening or who the mysterious new members at the AWARE Centre really were. They couldn't see what was coming in the next few weeks. Scandals, subterfuge, death threats, families divided, reputations ruined. So I went up to this group of new faces and introduced myself. Dana Lam is a long-time AWARE member and one-time president, and she was at the AGM on 28th March 2009. Dana is a bubbly person, the kind of person who sees strangers as friends she hasn't made yet. And here, at the AWARE Centre, was a whole room full of strangers. I just kind of say, oh, wow, this is so great. You know, and I was trying to tell them the bihun on the table was very good. It's my favourite bihun. And then no response, you know. I thought, maybe they didn't hear me because it's not what I'm used to at AWARE. So I repeated myself, there's still no response. And then 
the group moves away to the other end of the table. So I thought this is very, very strange. I have in all these years I have been in a wed, by that time it was almost a decade. I have never encountered this kind of response. As she settled in for the meeting, Dana turned around to look at the room from her seat up front. I was so shocked to see it was a sea of no expression faces, stony, you know, and completely unknown to me. And I remember thinking, whoa, who are these people? And it was rows upon rows of them, right? It was, I, I wish really, maybe I should make a painting of it because I really have it in my, it's imprinted in there. One of, one of Van Gogh's sick face, sick portraits, you know, like repeated row, row upon row, green, yellow, red, red, red. What was going on? Now, aware president Constance Singham was calling the meeting to order, and Dana was only here because of how much she loved and respected Constance. The only reason I made myself to come was because I was afraid of Connie's, uh, Connie Singham. <laughs> okay, she feared her too. Anyway, Dana thought whatever was going on, her president would manage it. By then, Constance Singham was carrying aware so single-handedly, the two were practically synonymous. Though, of course, that may have been the problem. I became president because nobody wanted to be president. <laughs> hmm. Why did you say yes? Well, it's also an ego trip. I mean, you have to, I have to admit to it. And I knew I worked hard at it. By 2009, 72-year-old Constance, or Connie as she is known, was already being referred to as the mother of Singapore's civil society. This was her sixth year as president of AWARE, a mantle she had worn more times than anyone else. Connie was born in Singapore, though she spent the 1940s growing up in a small village in Kerala, India. The family had one son and eight daughters, of which Connie was the eldest. And to her daughters, Connie's mother always said, Be independent, be professionals, never depend on a man. So she made sure we were all educated, that we all earned our own money, we were financially independent. Yet as Connie returned to Singapore and her life fell into place, this progressive, powerful injunction faded away to the back of her mind. Connie became a journalist, but gave up reporting after she got married. Her days were filled with domesticity, cooking and dreaming of having children. It was a tranquil, happy existence, but still... I'm a wife in a patriarchal household. She did not even know how to drive, her husband forbade her. Then, one day, in 1978, he had a heart attack. At 42, Connie became a widow. Only then did she realize just how much independence she had given up in marriage. I didn't even know how to sign a check. Mm. I didn't know how to manage a budget. Everything was done for me. It hit her with full force now. How easily her self-possession had slipped away. How easily society coaxed away the self-possession of so many women, especially in Singapore, where polygamy had been legal till 1961. While a landmark bill called the Women's Charter had passed that year, laying a foundation of basic women's rights, daily life was still overwhelmingly male-dominated. 
Young girls are being trained in a patriarchal culture to be dependent, that you need a man to be a husband, you need a man to look after you. I didn't have a purpose in life then. I didn't have status. You know, suddenly I had to create my own. Connie looked for an outlet for this newfound independence. In 1986, now 50 years old, she started attending meetings with a new organization called AWARE. This group of women were speaking about issues such as gender stereotypes, domestic violence, and women's education. They were warm, articulate, and welcoming. A far cry from the stony, expressionless women filling up the AWARE Center lobby at the 2009 AGM, 23 years later. Being in a way is energizing. <laughs> and being president for, I have been off and on for 24 years. It's my third time. And, uh, and that's what's energizing and keeps me young. <laughs> As chair of the annual general meeting, Connie launched into her opening address. You have to create your own spaces here. We are very open. Create your own energy, create your own subcommittees, bring up the issues, speak, speak, speak. Aware AGMs are always recorded. That means we have audio of the almost four-hour meeting that went down that day. One thing that sticks out, listening now, is how delighted Connie initially sounds about the turnout. She mentions it several times. The last you members Instead of the couple dozen members everyone had expected to turn up, the attendance sheet from that day lists a whopping total of 99 ordinary voting members and three non-voting associate members. As she looked out at the crowd, Connie thought that this sudden influx of new members showed that her publicity efforts were working. Women in Singapore still very much cared about AWARE's mission to lobby against gender discrimination in laws and attitudes. In fact, Connie had plenty of reason for concern. AWARE membership had plummeted at the end of 2008, it had clocked in at around 250, a steep drop from 675 in 1998. Beyond the numbers, the involvement of some stalwart members had flagged. In all 24 years of its vital vocal existence, AWARE had remained almost entirely volunteer-run. And this was a problem. The committees that we set up in a way never wanted to, once they finish their project, they don't want to continue. They leave the project for somebody else to pick it up. And that's what we were doing all those years. Somebody does the project, it's ignored completely, you know, and uh, it's dropped by that exco. It wasn't that people didn't care. Most of them were just totally burnt out. Because they were busy. They had other things to do with their lives, you know. For volunteers, AWARE is not the main responsibility. In fact, for a while, the difficulty of finding a successor had prompted Connie to consider taking some drastic measures. I was suggesting various ways of resolving that crisis, you know. One is, of course, to close down.
still, for now, Connie did what she could. On 7th March, three weeks before the AGM, national newspaper The Straits Times ran an article by her entitled Time to Tackle the Softwork. Its opening line, This letter is a call to all of you to become bold and courageous, to live life with purpose and passion. Schutz Lee was aware center manager at the time, one of the few staff positions in the organization, in fact. She remembers Connie's article. It was really a call for more women to come forward, to contribute, to aware and to civil society. Connie and Schutz hoped that a few women would read the article and feel inspired. Then something miraculous happened. In the weeks leading up to the AGM, membership forms started to pour into the centre. We noticed that um, we were receiving a lot of new sign-up uh, for membership. So a lot of women were signing up and uh, enclosing checks in the membership forms. That made us very happy, to be honest, that membership was growing. Dozens and dozens of membership forms came in, at least a few a day. Connie's article had worked. Suddenly, AWARE membership shot above 300. The mood at the centre was celebratory, so much so that when another staff member pointed out something slightly strange, Schutz just brushed it aside. We had a part-time bookkeeper. Her name is Lynn. And um, she actually said to me or to those of us in the office on that day that, hey, it's interesting that uh, these forms are all photocopied forms. So they are all black and white forms. The, um, the AWARE application form, membership application form, is actually a small leaflet. And I believe it had, it was, it had some colour. Lynn showed Schutz pages and pages of new applications, but all printed off the same copy of the original form. So normally, what would a person do if they wanted to become a member? Where would they get the form from? Mm. Oh, you might have picked up the form from an event that AWARE participated or attended, and there was a booth, and then AWARE representative would say, you know, introduce AWARE to passerby and say, would you like to join? So if you had signed up then, you would sign up on the official form. Right. So it was rather unusual, in fact, very unusual, for people to be signing up for membership on a black and white photocopy form. I did think that, oh, yes, that is an interesting observation, but hey, maybe someone's doing us a favour. Mm. By distributing the forms. Yes, and by getting people to sign up and be members, and so we left it as that. Even now, years later, Schutz regrets not paying more attention to this little detail that I didn't make more of an issue of what Lynn had observed because I was her immediate supervisor. It was a failure of uh, no, leadership on my part to accurately and correctly reflect her views and her concerns to the exco and to president. More people want to, want to become members of AWARE. We must be doing something right. Meet Halija Muhammad. Halija is a pint-sized family lawyer with a no-BS personality. Halija has been an AWARE member since 1988, and she always attends AWARE AGMs. If you think that this organisation is very important for you, you need to be assured, right, that the correct people, the suitable people are running this uh, organisation. When she saw the horde at the 2009 AGM, Halija was thrilled. 
I was welcoming all of them. I say, hey, this is all very exciting, you know. How come are so many people attending uh, uh, AWS AGM? Yeah, I mean maybe uh, a turning point uh, in the history of AWS. Many people coming for AGM. So I was extremely happy, and I chatted with them, invited them to eat, and all that. So we thought, oh, finally, you know, it clicked on people that we were doing all this wondrous job, right? We didn't even realize that weeks before the AGM. Memberships had been spiking up. We didn't even question that. Do you know how stupid can we be and how naive? Another thing that Connie and her executive committee prepared before the AGM was the slate of nominees for the next exco. This happened unofficially every year. The president would ask around, members would express interest, or more accurately, allow their arms to be twisted. Not all 12 exco seats would be determined ahead of time, but certainly the top positions, the office bearers, would. Past aware president Dana Lam helped Connie with this decision in 2009. She felt good about the new lineup. It looks like we've got enough uh, people who knew the organisation and who, who we trusted uh, to do the job. Then we have Claire Nazar, who was available. Claire Nazar had come along, it seemed, at the most fortuitous time for Aware. She had become a member just over a year before, but she had quickly gained a place of trust within the organisation. As the only child of two deaf-mute parents, Claire had always been responsible and passionate about social justice. She was young, smart, diligent, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, and she was useful. As a lawyer, she had been tasked by the Exco with reviewing Aware's outdated constitution, and she had jumped in enthusiastically. Everyone liked Claire. She was committed. Yes, she was a nice person, and she worked hard. To the flailing Aware, Claire Nazar was a godsend. So when she agreed to succeed Connie as president, Connie was overjoyed. Here was the perfect heir to the throne. We never check people's background. They become aware members. They work hard and they contribute. That's a, that's all we need to know. Connie confided in Claire about the waning energy at Aware, about her wish for new blood, and Claire said she would try to help. So what we're gonna do is um, we're gonna start off first by uh, agreeing that uh, we will have the voting done by uh, show of hands, but under the constitution it is voting by secret ballot. So we want to、uh, get that out of the way. That's Claire Nazar speaking at the 2009 AGM. When the meeting began, Claire joined Connie at the head of the room. They completed the usual administrative business. Connie walked through 2009's research focus areas, including the financial status of single women. She discussed an important public education program, the Comprehensive Sexuality Program, which Aware was conducting in some secondary schools in Singapore. The program taught students various options regarding their own sexual health, including contraception. Once that was wrapped up, it was time for the elections. Now you're all welcome to stand for election. <laughs> I can't. Yes, I served my two years already, so I had to step down. Connie reiterated the nomination rules. 
candidates had to be nominated and seconded by people who knew them, she said. So that makes it uh, more credible as far as the executive committees, because we've had people who walk in and become member and become elected straight away, and then we have to deal with a lot of people who didn't know anything about AWARE and who has been elected to the executive committee. So we are, in fact, our constitutional amendment will include that you have to be a member for at least one year before you can stand for election. In case you didn't catch that, she said that the constitution would be amended to require ex-co members to have at least one year's prior experience with AWARE. For now, though, you could walk in, sign up, and stand for election all on the same day. Where else can you do that? Where was the most democratic in that sense, you know? Proceedings began with the election of the new president. I will nominate Claire, not Claire, uh, as the next president of she rattled off Claire's dedication and qualifications. She even joked about Claire's youth and the stereotype that AWARE was run by old women. This is why when I became president, I colored my hair. <laughs> <laughs> so Claire is our next public face of AWARE. <laughs> In her stump speech, Claire was typically likable and modest. She joked about her agony over typos in the AGM agenda. I would like to ask all of y'all to forgive us that there is actually a typographical error on the notice of agenda. You know, I'm just being very picky and being very picky. It's not lawyer, but I, tell you, I just can't stand this little uh, thing, so I, I just want to apologize for that. Claire is going to tidy it all up, you know. There were no challenges. Claire Nazar was named the next president of AWARE. Next up was the position of vice president. Connie had her candidate ready, Chu Yijin, the soft-spoken architect. Yijin has been a long-time member, and she was in my last ESCO in 1992, 1995. Oh, no, she's the one who is the chair of the single subcommittee. No, she comes with credentials. <laughs> so, uh, so I suppose that I, I consider myself to have Yi Jin talked to the crowd about her feminist convictions and history with AWARE to modest applause. Just as a formality, Connie called for other nominations. Any other nominations? And out of nowhere came the last thing anyone expected. Somebody stood up. There was a challenger, one of the newcomers. Charlotte Lim? Who? Everyone looked around until they identified Charlotte. Challenges were so rare at AGMs that the AWARE staff was caught a little off guard. Okay, hold on. I need to get this down. Yeah. Uh, who is proposing, Charlotte? Uh, my name is Jennifer. Jennifer Okay, hold on. How do you ask Jennifer? Jennifer. Charlotte was then invited to say a little about herself. She was a demure older lady with short grey hair and glasses. And had the privilege of working with ExxonMobil, um, the, one of the biggest companies in the Asia, well, I guess in the world. And I had responsibility for recruitment, training and education, and I ran the Asia Pacific Training Center. 
The newcomer sounded really impressive, Schutz recalls now. And her credentials were very good. And I think at that time, she was uh, either retired or semi-retired. So she had time, she wanted to give back. All very good reasons. Why am I uh, prepared to take office, I guess? I've always had uh, a heart for the poor and the oppressed because I came from that background myself. Um, And the second thing is that I think I've read about a West Training Institute, and I think that that's where I can contribute and make an enormous difference. And then the other thing is that I've heard Constance in her writings and her speaking at the recent EOGM that uh, she's looking for new blood, new energy, new faces, new ideas. So I thought, well, okay, fine, let me then try and see whether this will work here as well. So that's me. Thank you. So far, so good. Then Halija posed a question. Can I ask how long Yi has been uh, a member of AWARE? And may I ask also uh, uh, Ms. Lin, uh, how long she has been a member of AWARE? 15 years. Thank you. Mm-hmm. A couple of months. 15 years versus a couple of months. The imbalance was more than a little glaring. They voted by a show of hands. A few scrutineers were appointed, including the only man in the room, a new associate member named Alan Chin. How many of you in favour of Chui in becoming the vice president of AWARE? That's mine. That's my All right, well, we'll then. How many of you in favour of Dr. Charlottesman? Yes. The final tally was 67 to 19. That's 67 to the newcomer. Connie tried to hide her surprise. All right, Dr. Charlotte Lim has been elected as the next vice president of How had a stranger won AWARE's vice presidency so resoundingly? I could see Constance up front and she was just trying to be very civil, very polite. But it was getting harder and harder, you know. And then there were various old long-time members in the audience, Halija, Dana, and they were getting more and more worked out. Something was wrong. Halija, Dana and most of all, Juhim, who arrived at the AGM halfway through. They could all feel it. But nobody could yet put their finger on what. At which point did you realise something wasn't right? So when everything was contested, of course, you fell off your chair, right? Yeah. And you start wondering, what on earth was happening? Mm. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. It didn't make sense, right? But who is the newcomer? We don't know her at all. How do you speak out of the blue if you have not been engaging with the organisation on the issue that's being debated out there? So that was the first time I had the inkling that something was amiss. For now, all Juhim could pick up was dread. The, the sense of like just watching my watching the house burn down, watching my house burn down and feeling like I don't have enough buckets of water to throw at it. On the next episode of Saga. I'm saying I'm very uncomfortable watching people who have not been involved with the organisation being voted on to a board or even putting themselves forward for a board. As Constant mentioned, 
they want to have new blood and I'm actually very excited. I'm a new blood, okay? I'm campaigning as new blood. I just felt they were hedging. It was a very easy question to answer. Yes, I believe women should be equal. I'm very good at standing confident and strong and nobody knows my stomach is churning, my heart is beating. Nobody knows. For this podcast, we reached out to Claire Nazar, Alan Chin, Jenica Chua and Charlotte Lim, but they did not respond to our interview requests. Saga is hosted by me, Bharati Jagdish. It was written and produced by Jasmine Ng and Kelly Liao. Audio post-production by Mocha Chai Laboratories, with sound design by Chong Sin Ying and Amelia Sai. Noraina Sapari was our associate producer, and Bali Kaur Jaswal was our story consultant. Original score by Wei Shen Din of the band Dot GIF, and additional music from the Free Music Archive under the Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial License. Artwork by John Albrecht. Gwen Lim was our marketing strategist. We received editorial assistance from Kaspan Paraskasis Narayan, Lim Tertien, Megan Tan, and a tireless group of interns. We're also grateful to Splice Studios and Neon Sound. Visit aware.org.sg slash saga for bonus clips, links to archival material, an interactive timeline, character map, and more.